How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to your Monday morning, which, depending on who you ask, and depending on what you did on the weekend, may look fine, may not. All right, uh, it is the 13th day of March 2023. It is JR, it is Simmer, it is uh, Maddie Vowles in for Hammer, who is off uh, this week. And uh, you're waking up to a little bit of light snow around the city, and that is going to be the story actually off and on throughout the next uh, couple of days. Two to four centimeters of very light snow today. High of plus two, a little bit of light snow overnight, a little bit of light snow again tomorrow. Another two to four centimeters. Again, a high of plus two. Uh, middle of the week looks uh, really nice. Uh, with sunshine both Wednesday and Thursday and highs up to 5 degrees. As you wake up this morning, we're sitting at minus 2 as we say good morning. Hello, a happy Monday to Sean Simpson. How are you doing this morning, Simmer? Uh, not too bad, Jared. Got to admit, a little foggy, kind of be with the old time change there and mm. saying to myself, what are the body really feeling? But uh, hey, a couple of nice days at the dog park on the weekend at old Bruce Pitt, so... A little bit outdoor time, but uh, an adjustment. And as the news said, hey, let's hope this is the last time we have to go through this time. All four just leaving the clocks right where they're at right now. And uh, hopefully the United States brings that legislation and we're good to go. How are you? Uh, I'm uh, I'm great. Yeah. Uh, although I heard that story on the way in this morning. Okay. And I thought that they mentioned that if the, if the, if we're doing away with changing the clocks, it's going to become Eastern Standard Time per, uh, um, all the time. Oh, really? And not daylight savings time. Oh, well, okay. that's the way it was written, okay. which is not okay. what I had understood in the past. Well, then I don't like it at all. I hadn't really listened that closely. <laughs> yeah, because of course, Eastern yeah. Standard Time means we we don't change the clock. We don't go forward, oh, okay. which means it's not later, later. Yeah, so. I think that, well, I'd, I'd be easily confused on it. Uh, the only thing we always understood was the uh, fall back and spring forward, but I... I I guess I kind of assumed that this is the time of day it would. Now, we've also, I think we've heard about this legislation for a long time, right? Maybe it was post pre-COVID where they were going to switch it around. So, uh, yeah, let's hope that they end up doing it. I, I'd be all for the uh, the later uh, sun or later light, I guess, at the end of the day. I really, uh, I, I just find it nice. And Saturday was such a beautiful day just to be outside. That sun just felt so, so good. 719. Sunrise this morning, sunsets at 7.04 yeah. tonight. So we're almost up to 12 full hours of daylight, everybody. And I guess at the end of the day. to turn that frown upside yeah. down after that sends weekend. Yeah, isn't that kind of funny? It's just a game that we play with ourselves as well, right? It's not like the switching of the clock is going to make the day longer. <laughs> I mean, it's just playing a game of, hey, do you want more light at the end of the day or do you want more light at the beginning of the day? Uh, we do not obviously control uh, when the sun rises and when it sets, so. Kind of interesting we go through this every year, but it certainly feels a whole lot better, and certainly the suns feels a lot stronger. Mm. All I know is that it says the clock in front of me, the digital clock says 611, but my body says 511, and my brain says 311. <laughs> Does it? So, especially after yeah, a couple yeah. of late nights. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be an int- yeah. Oh, and we've got a bit of a coffee emergency. No. Uh, Matt, by the way, welcome to the show. How was the, uh, how was the first day of the five-day early uh early wake up you, they go? you know what not as bad as i was expecting I, I set an alarm and a backup alarm um backup alarm not needed i was in the car by the time the backup alarm would have gone off nice. so that was good uh what was bad was all three of my local coffee spots that i was hoping to hit up on my way in all closed this morning um including the mcdonald's that is 24 hours a day but I pull up to the drive-thru and Apparently not. sorry, Apparently, we're closed yeah, yeah. for the next 15 to 20 minutes and then we'll be opening for breakfast oh, only. Oh no. Great. Thank you. But 
Ethan Fink, who is in on uh, doing the news from the CFRA newsroom today. He had uh, he had a coffee here waiting for me. What? So I showed up and there was a coffee waiting for me, thanks to Ethan. So wow, big thank you to Ethan Fink for getting me caffeinated. And I've got the coffee percolating now in the machine, but uh, we are filterless today. So uh, we're using paper towels. The JR stands for Jerry Rigged today uh-huh. because we've got the paper towel filter in the coffee machine. Should work. Giving uh, give us uh, it should give us some semblance of reality of coffee. Mm. What's the uh, what's real. the downside of that? I was assuming the some of the grains will get through. You'll have a little bit in your teeth here. Yeah, it might be but a little chewy radio at the and bottom. Maddie, of the I don't cup. I don't hear you for some reason. I don't know what's going on here. So it's throwing me off a little bit. So you are hearing Maddie though, Jer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You should hear me now. So. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll just get, I, I loved it. When I had it in Russia, all it was was instant coffee. So man, oh man, you, your stomach learned a lot about the coffee situation where that instant coffee, like there, there's no way around it. It is quite simply, you're firing it down to get the caffeine in your system and then you're picking the grains out of your teeth the rest of the day. That's the way she works. I'm not right? even sure it's the, uh, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the caffeine. I don't know. It's just like the hot liquid. Oh, you think so? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, for me, yeah. it's the caffeine all the way. Yeah. I don't even, on the weekend, I just, I generally don't drink coffee. Um, my body does not crave coffee at all. And this is one of the better things in my life that's changed. When I originally started working here, I used to go to the uh, McDonald's. It's going to close soon. So that was an experience. And then when I lived in South Rockcliffe, uh, and started doing morning radio, I had to go to the South Rockcliffe Tim Hortons, which was life altering experience on a, on a daily basis, depending on what was going on there. So the fact I now ha- have a vehicle and that I go to the train yards to a very, very good Tim Hortons. That's just made my life a whole lot better. And it's very strange as well, Matt, you say about being closed. I don't know how many times I've driven by the McDonald's uh, on Billions Bridge, and they just have the Kona. The Kona's up. Like, hey, you know what, whatever, today, you know what, we're, n- we're just not serving today. Yep. You know, we're not, we're not going to, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to sleep Kona's silence. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to sleep. No I'm coffee gonna, for I'm, you. Exactly. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got the Kona up. You know, I just don't really want to do it. So, like I said, I'm just like, nope, not going to do it. Uh, the one at the train yards is always good to go. They know my order. They know I'm ready to rock and roll in and out of there in a hurry. So it's just made my life a whole lot better. Uh, 604, first text is in, fire DJ. <laughs> it only took, <laughs> that took a while. We weren't even actually on the air yet, and that uh, text yeah. did uh, come it, in. It is amazing, eh, the, uh, the back and forth. And I, I think Monday, as much as it was a letdown against Chicago, JR, it was kind of like, okay, this has been an incredible week and five wins and Chickering's here. And then you get the big W Thursday. You're like, okay, everything's right in the world. Well, by the time you lose to, to Vancouver, who I think is an underrated hockey team, and then you get badly beaten by Calgary. Yeah, now it's all bets are off. And now I'm actually checking the standings as to where they're picking in the draft, <laughs> which they don't have the draft pick. That's, that's how quickly things can change. And I don't think many of us would have a whole lot of confidence they're going to pick up any uh, points in Edmonton either. I don't really... Not really feeling well. well. They're coming. They're coming on. I know they're giving up a bunch, and they're coming off of a road trip themselves. But that'll be a tough one. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was um, the first four games of this five-game road trip. That's where the wins were supposedly going to be, and then starting tomorrow, which is the final game of the road trip, that started the murderers' row of seven in a row. Yeah, yeah. They didn't get the wins for oh. the most part in the first four games, and the murderers' row is still. Starting tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I well, you've mentioned it many a times, but it is that next nine games, and I included Calgary in it only because Calgary, the the rare night it didn't play on a Saturday, and that's still a good hockey team. And yeah, you go through that schedule right there, and it uh, yeah, really till the end of the month here, 
Uh, it would not be uh, rare. I wouldn't say rare is the uh, the right choice of words, but yeah, you could see where there could be a big O four, unfortunately, for the schedule coming up if uh, the team doesn't get playing a little better. Well, it was another loss last night in Calgary for those that did not uh, stay up until the end or at all. Uh, 5-1 was the final. The Flames win it to Ottawa's second straight uh, loss on this uh, five-game road trip. They've now lost three of the four games, and they'll wrap it up uh, tomorrow night in Edmonton. But lots to go over from the two games on the weekend and uh, a look ahead. Uh, but the uh, playoffs are a little further in the the playoff spots are a little further in the distance. Uh, it was all heady days a week ago today if you think about it heading into that Chicago yeah. game everybody's well that's two points right there and that's going to kick off that road trip after the big win in, uh, against Columbus at home and oh my how much a week has changed anyway we'll get into all of it uh, with you busy sports weekend is in the books uh, including not one but two wins for Carleton in uh, university basketball they're both uh, the men's and women's teams are national champions so we'll uh, talk about that uh, we'll find out uh, found out who's going to represent uh, Canada uh, at the World Men's Curling Championship here in Ottawa, and it's an old familiar face. Brad Gushu won the title last night, so we'll uh, chat a little bit about that. Uh, anyway, tons to go over. We'll get into it all when we return on this Monday morning. We're glad you're with us as March Breaks kicks off on Sports Radio, TSN 1200. This is TSN 1200. Welcome back, 622, on this Monday morning, March break Monday morning with J.R. Simmer. Matty Valves is in for Hammer, who's off uh, this week. Dave Poulin is our TSN Hockey Insider. He's, uh, Dave, if you're watching the uh, TSN broadcast of the game last night, he'll be up with us uh, just after uh, 8 o'clock this morning. Jamie Baker will be by as well, our Sens analyst. Uh, he'll join us with his thoughts on the uh, Sens weekend and the uh, last week. Uh, as well, coming up uh, after nine, and uh, depending on uh, on schedule or whatever, I've uh, been trading some texts with uh, Taffy Charles, the head coach of the Carlton men's basketball team, uh, as well. They're flying back to Ottawa this morning, so he's trying to carve out a couple of minutes uh, for nice. us to come on and uh, talk about uh, last night's big win by the uh, well, both the Ravens and men's and women's teams uh, both won the national championships, but the men's game was unbelievable. Maybe. Uh, there was a game here when the championship was held here back in 2008 when Carlton actually lost, which was one of the mm-hmm. best basketball games I've ever been to in my life. This one to watch uh, was incredible. And a championship game, double overtime, incredible theater, <laughs> clutch baskets yeah, yeah. Uh, both ways. And uh, Carlton, as always, yeah. pulls it out 109 104. You know, the most in- there are, there are, you know, the fact they've won 17 out of 20 national championships, 17 of the last 20. <laughs> We're going John Wooden. Yeah. We're going a little UCLA. It's beyond that. It's beyond oh, that. absolutely yeah. it is. Jared. But, yeah. but yeah. 17 out of 20 yeah. is an incredible stat of itself. The fact, Simmer, that they've been in 17 championship games <laughs> and won every <laughs> single one of them. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. They've been in 17 championship games, and they've never lost. Well, that's part of the Dave Smart. Like, don't show up unless you're going to win. And then the other one, you you know they just pulled a fast one on Ottawa U, getting smoked. <laughs> like, it, that's right out of the Dave Smart handbook. I need a bad loss here, and that will lead to a national championship, I swear. Uh, and I'm obviously being completely joking, but that teaching lesson in Ottawa U, and, and is it James, uh, D- James Derwin? Derwin, like, yep. you know, you're just walking, like, they smoke them. And you're thinking, oh, man, this is going to be the down year for Carlton. And we had Taffy on. He's talking about how bad his team is, and they're bad against Queens, and these guys are no good, and they don't want to work. They don't want to defend. And then all of a sudden, uh, there you are, right back to national champion. It, it is really remarkable. And not just to mention, just from the basketball perspective, both men and women, JR, 
the growth of the sport in the country. That like that's the fun part, and I, I really hope one day that we have a little merger with the United States, and there's a little more of that, uh, you know, cross uh, connection. And I know they play them in in preseason games, but I think it would be really neat to see that happen at some point from a sports perspective, right. and and elevate the profile of just what is incredibly good that's going on in the country. And here we are, right in Ottawa, that we've got uh, you know both on the men's and women's side. It's it's really awesome. Carlton, the first school since uh, UVic, University of Victoria, back in 1985 to win both the men's oh, wow. and the women's uh, championships in the same uh, year. So congratulations uh, to the Ravens. And as we said, hopefully uh, Taffy will be able to carve yeah. out a couple of minutes uh, of his time before they uh, jump on the bird back to Ottawa because, well, they, uh, the boys and the girls, in this case, uh, both got to be back in school. Yeah. It's a rather uh, important uh, part one of the school in, One in well. Sydney and one in Halifax? Yeah. Is that where they yeah, were? Both That's kind of cool. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's also interesting, driving in this morning, the uh, kickoff to March Madness yep. happening as well. So you understand Get your the brackets prof- going. Yeah, you understand the profile of that. And, and boy, you wish that there would be a little more uh, national recognition or understanding of just what Carlton's doing, not to mention the level they're playing at. Uh, Youth sports in Canada has really improved, in particular on the basketball and hockey sides. All right, uh, 625, so uh, there's that. Uh, there's also the Sens, uh, which had a, a busy weekend uh, with two games uh, in Vancouver Saturday. Fell 5-2, to two, trying for a rebound last night uh, in Calgary against a Flames team, which had just uh, uh, dropped a crucial game to Anaheim on Friday night. Uh, so you knew they would be uh, fired up and uh, ready to go because they're chasing a playoff spot as well. Uh, the story going into this, well, there's a bunch of different stories, but Ottawa's struggling power play, which uh, had been goalless in its last five games and uh, 0-4-16 uh, in totality, uh, had an opportunity uh, early in the first period. Not only did they not score, this happened. But back to the point, it's poked back outside the line and shorthanded. Inside the zone, backhand chance in front, scores! Rasmus Anderson comes in as the late trailer. And scores the shorty one, nothing plain. What did I just finish saying? The Senators can ill afford to give up a shorthanded goal in a 0-0 hockey game, but the power play lets them down again. There you go, Dean Brown, Gord Wilson with the call of the uh, opening goal of the game. Yes, shorthanded by the Flames' Rasmus Anderson, uh, which uh, got them started. And that's Ottawa's, what, uh, they had a stat last night on the TV side, seventh shorthanded goal they've given up. Since the All-Star break? Is that right? Is that what it said? And yeah. it's four, yeah. four straight yeah. games? Yeah. Or three, well, no, three uh, straight. Three yeah. straight games they've given up a short hand. And to the power play itself, outside of those uh, couple of drubbings against uh, Detroit JR, where they won 6-2, 6-2, they had four power play goals. I, I think they've got one goal in their last 50 or something chances. Just hasn't been good enough. And then I, I guess this is what you look at. And it, some of the play last night I thought was tired. But in the back-to-back, the confusion in the D zone and the things that are going on. And hey, quite simply, on a road trip here, if you want to give yourself a chance to give up 19 goals in four games, it's not going to, hey. Uh, and I think Vancouver, very underrated. Calgary's still a good team. Seattle, nice win. And of course, losing to Chicago. But 19 goals, and boy, oh boy, if you run the review, and I know you were throwing some stuff out about the Nick Holden play the other day, you know, there's just way too many mistakes being made. And still, still incredible amount of confusion when they come back into their own zone as to who's taking who and who's not taking anybody. Right. <laughs> so the power play is now, oh, because uh, it went 0 for again last night, uh, 0 for 4. So now 0 for its last 21. Uh, they have gone up uh, uh, without a goal on the power play in the last uh, six games. And as we know, uh, Ottawa, a percentage of power play goals um, 
uh, as a part of their overall goals. They're the highest uh, in the NHL. In other words, Ottawa is more dependent on its power play for its offense than any other team. If you've lived through Sens hockey this season, you know that. Uh, the power play, for the most part, has been good, other than lately, and the five-on-five scoring has been, for the most part, not very good. Yeah. When both don't happen at the same time, then you've really got problems. Well, you, that's where you got to get your penalty killers. you got to start scoring for us. <laughs> yeah. Like, if we're going to win a hockey game, because by my estimation, if you're not scoring on the power play, you're not yes. scoring five-on-five, five, yes. then it's up to the penalty killers. They have to cash in, and yeah, it is a simple formula, and you go back to, and that was where the stretch of the five games was interesting, of having the ability to score five-on-five, five, the lower six of doing some things, but you also kind of look at that group, and you know, I just, at least for myself, didn't feel like it was sustainable. Like, it's not really, it was kind of like, hey, you got a little lucky here. Some good things happened going back to that Montreal game, but at the end of the day, the, the lack of talent that you're putting out, and then I think a lot of light should be shone on that second line, and I'll take Mr. Pint out of it, but I'll say to Debrinkit and Batherson, like, it just say, hey, it's not good enough. You know, they, those those two players have just not, you know, Drake Batherson back in the race for the green jacket. Uh, and as far as Debrinkit's play, for $9 million bucks, man, uh, it's just, it, it ain't happening. You know, you're just too hard to find and a lot of standing around, just not a whole lot happening in even strength. Uh, yeah, no, not a whole lot of happening in a, a bunch of different directions. Uh, um, this, um, uh, overall, this uh, month in which they had talked about, um, um, you know, they've wanted a percentage of, uh, of, of wins has not gotten off to a great start. Here's uh, DJ Smith on needing to finish the month strong as a young group you know you get caught looking at the standings i think you know we played so well at home in that stretch and then we knew how hard this trip would be um and we want to be over 500 march to give ourselves and then we know what we're going to have to do in april we're three and three you know we started out two and oh it's not where we want to be but again it's you know you got the oilers the avalanche the leafs it, it doesn't get any easier. We're going to have to find our game in a hurry. Um, but I got the, all the trust in, in the leadership and these guys that um, when the chips are down, they'll, they'll be ready. All right, there's a DJ Smith. You can find uh, uh, all of his uh, thoughts on our website at tsn1200.ca. All right, so as we sit here this morning, uh, the wild card standings are this way. Pittsburgh won both its games on the weekend, so it's now at 78 points, and even with Ottawa in games played at 66. So they're, uh, they're essentially four wins ahead of Ottawa is Pittsburgh. The Islanders are now two back of Pittsburgh at 76 points, so six ahead of Ottawa, and the Sens still do have two games in hand on the Islanders. Uh, the issue from the weekend is that the Florida Panthers have started playing a little bit of better hockey. Uh, they're at 73 points, so they're three up on Ottawa. Uh, the Sens do have one game in hand on Florida, and Washington is now a point ahead of the Sens as well. They have played one more game, uh, and then you've got uh, Buffalo right now and Detroit both one point behind Ottawa, both at uh, 69. The Sabres do have a game in hand uh, on uh, on the uh, Sens. So at one point... For a brief, brief, brief moment, <laughs> Ottawa was the uh, was uh, the first team on the outside looking in. They got up to ninth place. Uh, they've now fallen back to eleventh, uh, and actually, mm-hmm. points percentage wise, uh, they're well. Actually, they'd be slightly ahead of Washington and slightly behind Buffalo. So, anyway, um, the last week has not gone as well as everyone had hoped. I think that's the bottom. Yeah, line. no, no, for sure. And you look at it, and funny, Chickering has come in, and I think overall played very well. Uh, you do have a better defensive core but kind of the confusion of who's going to be used where, and it's not all on the D-men, certainly lots to do with the with the forwards themselves. Um, it, it's in a very strange way, and I guess this is really part of any time you make a trade, 
trying to figure out where a player fits, Jaron, where you're going to play him and how that's going to affect the rest of the group. And like I said, these last four games here been quite a bit of confusion when it comes to the D zone. And like I said, that's not just on the defense, but team-wise. And again, 19 goals allowed in four games. Pretty simple math there. Yeah, absolutely. So they've lost three of the four. The road trip uh, finish ups, uh, finishes up tomorrow night uh, against the uh, Edmonton Oilers, who dropped one against the Leafs on the weekend. But overall, they've been playing really good hockey uh, of late as well. Uh, and then it's uh, back home to face Colorado uh, coming up on Thursday night. And then Toronto is here on Saturday. And uh, then, well, I mean, the rest of the murderers row that we've talked about. Let me just uh, run through it here, bring everybody up to date. Because, uh, so it's then it's, uh, so they're after their home at, to the Leafs on Saturday at Pittsburgh a week from today. And then at Boston the very next night. So back to back against the Penguins and the Bruins. And then home to Tampa. And then at New Jersey. And then uh, Florida uh, as well before they, well, I'll say they get a bit of a rest against the Flyers, but uh, anyway. Yeah. So the next, uh, we'll even say the next eight yeah. games, really, really tough over the next yeah. two weeks. Yeah, and, and the other part, um, pretty much check it even November. I don't remember the exact sequence, but it felt like, hey, this is kind of rock bottom. Um, anytime this, this group has faced some adversity, I will say that as a positive, they've found a way to rise up, and I do think, at times, unlike a Chicago, it's a little easier to play up to your opponents. And I think everybody gets excited to play against Connor McDavid, you know, against the Leafs on Saturday to be fun. So, hey, uh, let's see how the week goes. And even for Colorado at that point, I know they did win the Stanley Cup, but uh, their play this year has not been uh, really resembled exactly that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a neat week and good fun watching, whether you're a Sens fan or not, uh, seeing some of the best players on the planet play in the next three games. Unsigned rights, it's all over but the crying. Won't be any easier next season. Lots of traffic in the East. That comes from unsigned. Yeah, well, every you know what? Every every I'll say this. Every season brings its own surprises. Yeah, for sure. You know, you kind of like, oh man, the East is a beast. Look yeah, at you got yeah. you know six six teams are home and cooled already, yeah, and then yeah, you got a bunch yeah. of well, you know what? Just because six teams are home and cooled this year doesn't mean six teams are going to be home and cooled next year. No, like no. Uh, I don't know how you. I don't remember how you felt about Boston mm-hmm. at the start of the year. I know I didn't. No, have I, I, them I, no, I, I said didn't I, have them in the playoffs. Oh, I a had lot them. Of as, it, well, I had them as the President Cup trophy. Or, yeah, yeah, no. Yes, I'll go through my notes, and I don't think you quite. <laughs> no, had that. I, I didn't. But at it all. was based yeah, mostly yeah. a lot of it on injury. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. no, all that to say, I don't think anybody thought Boston mm. would have the historically good season that they're no, having. No, um, and that's not to say that next year it'll be historically bad. It's just to say that you just you don't know. You have a general idea of what things are going to be like, but until it plays itself out, there's always going to be surprises. Yeah, no, and, and you're also just trying to go through the rosters and based on salary cap issues, but at the same time, I think the bigger thing with, with Boston was, are they aging out, right? The older core and lots of injuries, and you have David Krejci come back, uh, not to mention you fired Bruce Cassidy and brought in Jimmy Montgomery. There were a lot of unknowns there, and then you look to Toronto. What's going to happen if they don't win? How are they going to go and then from Tampa's perspective, just some aware and terror, yeah, who is going to change? What's the change in the guard? I think we could all agree that in the East, certainly New Jersey uh, has grabbed a hold of that, and I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. And from an Ottawa perspective, hey, the core is in a really nice place. You've got some really good things. I think what you'll have uh, is some questions on some of the bigger salary players, and I look at Debrinket and Shabbat just in examining, hey, do you want to pay 9 and $10 million for those types of players? Those will be some of the questions asked going forward, but... Hey, there's lots of nice pieces in place from an auto perspective. That was the other part of the uh, game last night was uh, injury suffered by Matthew jo- Joseph and Thomas Shabbat. Matthew Joseph left uh, after just six shifts after kind of taking a hit into the boards, and it was one of those ones where kind of felt like he knew right away it was not good. Yeah. 
He limped off the ice, uh, did not return. Uh, and then Thomas Shabbat took a shot off the foot early in the third period. He did not return as well. There was no update from DJ Smith after the game on either player. Uh, and um, um, essentially, we may find out more today. Uh, but uh, all I think that uh, DJ uh, uh, Smith said essentially was, well, we got other guys on the trip ready to come in if yeah, we need that. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's uh, that's the update. So not even the injury side of things went well for the Sens in that game last night. Yeah, and uh, Matthew Joseph, it was a knee, right, that he was out for a sustained time, Jer? Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, hopefully nothing too bad. And Thomas Shabbat, the same thing. Um, you do, and again, in the case of the defense, and thank God you have Chickern in place, but uh, yeah, we'll be next man up and a nice little test against old Connor McDavid and crew. All right, uh, let's see. This text reads, Good morning. I have a question for Simmer. Is he hearing anything on how good Tyler Clevin is playing? He scored goals in uh, both the North Dakota playoff wins this weekend with his booming shot. His wrist shot seems harder than most current send slap shots. At 6'5", I hear he skates well and can hit. Sounds exactly like what Ottawa's missing. That's from Stittsville Rob. Uh, Stittsville Rob, uh, from seeing the clips and hearing people talk about him, I, I certainly I have not heard any raving reviews like a Jake Sanderson. Um, but a big man, I, the parts of, okay, first of all, with the shot and the wrist shot, uh, I don't look at anything like that. Like, I look at a guy like Travis Hamanick as to how you hammer the puck in college, as to whether or not we're ever going to see that in the National Hockey League. I, I just remove that. Um, but from the size and the skating, yeah, he certainly, from what the Sens need uh, and what you see at the collegiate level is very good. I just want to see him at the pro level. And I guess another week, maybe a little longer, maybe he'll get into Belleville for some time, but certainly a good looking prospect. And, when Pierre um, uh, Dorian had one of his three untouchables, being he and Ridley Gregg and Sogart, uh, obviously the organization is very high on him. Uh, North Dakota went into, so this was the first round of the playoffs uh, in their conference, and they had gone in uh, as the lower-seeded team. And the way it works is you play a best of three, but you play all three on the road, all in the same uh, venue. They And they lost the first game against Omaha, but then won on Saturday and then won again last night in the deciding game, 5-2, to two, and Tyler Clevin had a goal uh, in both yeah, the wins on yeah. Saturday and Sunday. So his college season, which could have come to an end uh, this weekend, instead will go on for at least one more week uh, as uh, as North Dakota has advanced to the uh, NCHC uh, semifinals coming up uh, on Friday. Yeah, and doesn't get any easier. Very tough conference, but you also know you're having a bit of a down year when Omaha, Nebraska, um, not always a hockey power. And the way they used to do it back in the day, JR, was, hey, you played a Friday, Saturday, and it was total goal. So uh, the three and three is a different format, but yeah, it shows a lot of character. And we always know Coach Barry's going to bring a good group. And for Tyler Clevin and any of those kids, it's kind of like, man, I, I don't want it to end now. I want the college run to continue along. And he played a big part in that on the weekend. All right. So, uh, North Dakota wins, sends, lose, 5-1 against Calgary after a 5-2 loss in Vancouver. And again, they'll finish up the road trip uh, tomorrow night against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. We'll take a break. Your thoughts on uh, the weekend, on the state of the sends, on, well, whatever you want to chat about is always welcome. You can text us at 12-1200. You can tweet us at TSN-1200. Although there's something funky happening with our texting machine this morning. I'm not sure what's going on. Looks like about one out of every 30 is, uh, is, is it the time change here? Something, the uh, clock, eh? no, the computer clock? Sure. Like the big glitch when we uh, switched in the new millennium? I think okay. every text that comes in, for uh-huh. every text that successfully comes in, we get like half a dozen to a dozen error messages. I've got an email out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. You okay. should make that a prize then for the, the texts that come through. You should win something, <laughs> right? 
If you're able to get your text well, through the machine, that that to me tells that's dedication right there. Uh, okay, it'll come out of Simmer's salary. <laughs> All right, if your text actually gets through to us, you'll get money from Simmer's salary. No, I was thinking more like the uh, the new. What's the jersey of the week? What are we going with? Who's uh, who's up? This week is uh, Claude Giroux. Actually. Yeah, yeah. J Rock. So you get a free J Rock if you can get through. Uh, texter 13 right now. No, 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 no. no. Don't confuse <laughs> okay. people, Simmer. It's Monday. It's the time change Monday. Everybody's oh, already in the website fog, too. and yeah, now they're thinking like they're winning a jersey just by texting the show. You do not win a jersey just by texting the show. You win money from Simmer's salary. All right, 640, we'll take a break. We'll uh, take a trip around the rest of the NHL and uh, touch on what was a very busy sports weekend when we return on this Monday morning. You're listening to Sports Radio, TSN 1200. This is TSN 1200. Welcome back, 645 on this Monday morning. J.R. Simmer, Matty Valls is in for Hammer, who's off uh, this week. Dave Poulin is our TSN hockey insider. Dave will uh, join us coming up after 8. Jamie Baker is our SENS analyst. He'll come up after 9. Hoping to hook up with Taffy Charles, the head coach of the Carlton men's basketball team, which won another national title again last night uh, out in Halifax with a dramatic double overtime win over St. of X in the final. Uh, Brad Gushu, uh, for those into curling, it will represent Canada at the World Men's Curling Championship here in Ottawa next month. He won the Briar last night with a 7-5 win over Manitoba, and uh, that sets a, a record. Brad Gushu uh, is the uh, first player to skip a team to five Canadian championships. So uh, we will see a very familiar, of course, he's represented Canada twice at the Olympics in curling as well. So a very familiar face will be here in Ottawa uh, wearing the uh, Canadian colors at the uh, at the World Men's, which yeah. is great as well. Very awesome. Uh, are you from Kingston, Jer? Brad Gushu's from yeah. Newfoundland. Oh, Newfoundland. Okay, okay. Close. I was thinking, no, I know. I was thinking of whoever Lee Versage was friends with, or Lee uh, knew, uh, that was a local curler. I thought lived with his family for a little while. That's but John Morris. Okay. And he's from Ottawa. Yeah, pretty close. He lives so, yeah, in Calgary. Yeah, same, same idea. <laughs> <laughs> not sure how Kingston <laughs> make the final. No, the Briar was in Kingston about two or three years ago, or maybe it was the Snow. Maybe I... that's where the confusion is. Oh. Uh, World Baseball Classic: Canada beat Great Britain in its first game, eighteen to eight. And I want to I want to talk about that as well because I had it on TV yesterday. And at first, I couldn't see who the uniforms were because the um, gentleman was pitching against Canada. I was like, okay, this looks like a pretty good squad here. And then I'm like, okay, Great Britain. That's an interesting. Now, are they pulling people from all different countries all over the world? Jared, you know, is kind of the idea of you know you understand what the British Empire would have been at one point. I'm going to guess that that's kind of what has been pulled together here because I, I don't recall Great Britain being a big baseball country. No, I think it's one of those things where if uh, you know you have a have, have a you have some sort of lineage to yeah, that country, yeah, you're yeah, allowed exactly. to play. Like I yeah, yeah. I tuned in at one point and they were talking about. I don't know, the catcher from Great Britain, and somebody was having a conversation, and he <laughs> casually mentioned that both his parents were born in Britain. Okay. And yeah, then yeah. they said, oh, wow, you could play for us at the World Baseball. That was the whole story, was okay. if you have some okay, sort yeah. of lineage right Yeah, there. Yeah, well, it makes sense. And then again, you think of how many uh, um, places. Uh, well, you look at France and soccer, uh, how many people have dual passports, so... Uh, makes a whole lot of sense when you base it on the British Empire itself. Scotty Scheffler won the Players' Championship uh, yesterday in not very dramatic fashion. Uh, he rang off uh, five straight birdies at one point in the middle of his round to go up by five or six shots and uh, just cruised uh, to the victory, which is the biggest payday uh, in golf in a full field tournament. Four point five million dollars is the first is first place. Uh, second place is two point seven million. That's more than the winner made 
uh, two years ago in this particular event. Second yeah. place gets that. Yeah. It's an incredible, but this is the, uh, start, we're starting to get into these tournaments, which have uh, the uh, the increased prizes, and this is the richest of mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, hey, uh, whatever point and whatever you want to say about the Live Tour, uh, for the majority of those players, however it's financed and getting money up front, um, 4.5 is an awful lot of money, but there's a lot on that tour now that have, hey, uh, given the money up front, and you can't afford to have too many more players uh, jump from the PGA. Uh, you're going to start hearing about potentially as early as uh, tonight uh, some big NFL deals because legal tampering with free agents begins at noon today. The official start to the league year is on Wednesday. That's when uh, players can officially sign new contracts, uh, but they can start talking to other teams as of uh, noon today. So we'll start to hear um, probably some big deals maybe as soon as uh, tonight and into uh, tomorrow as well. The big story from yesterday was the fact that Jalen Ramsey, one of the be- uh, best uh, cornerbacks in the NFL, uh, was traded by the Rams uh, to the Dolphins for the relatively low price of a third-round draft pick and a backup tight end. Um, but uh, the Rams needed to get him off the books because they've got salary cap problems. They have to be under the cap. By That's what else happens on Wednesdays. you got to be under the salary cap for at least that day. And uh, so to do that, the Rams have traded uh, Jalen Ramsey, and he immediately signs an extension with the Dolphins for two years and $37 million. How's it going, Jalen Yeah, well, he's a game changer. Uh, There is no doubt about that when he's on the field. And also the big news over the weekend are continuing along is uh, where is Aaron Rodgers going to end up? And uh, Looks like the Jets, eh? Yeah, it feels like the Jets. And and i I got to be in it. I'm kind of interested and excited for that. As a free agent right now in a very crazy world that I live in, I'm somehow feeling kind of uh, some fandom. I, I'm not sure why JR is to uh, him signing up and going to New York will be uh, be pretty interesting to see. Well, so. think about that. Think about that division. The Bills are the Bills are excellent yeah, and should yeah, remain yeah, a- yeah. excellent. The Dolphins obviously are loading up because they you know they got Tyreek Hill. They've got well it all it will be dependent on just how, need a quarterback. His health, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know you're trading for t- uh, for Jalen Ramsey. You're yeah, you're yeah. not doing that to edge yourself into the playoff conversation. No, sure, you're going sure. for a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Dolphins are good. Um, you know the Patriots are the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know always at least uh, at the very least competitive. Yeah, we'll put for it sure, that for way. Sure, so that yeah. becomes a very very tough division. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers goes in and becomes the quarterback of the New York Jets. Yeah, and cue the Tom Brady rumors to the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it'd be fun. You know, just really neat to see that. And from a Bills I don't think that's, uh, by the way, I don't think that's happening with Tom Brady because they just did, they, the Dolphins announced last week that they're they're uh, picking up two as uh, fifth year. Oh, okay. Fifth okay. year option. Okay. So okay. Okay. Whatever that was. We that won't was... we won't know until, until December anyway, but just having fun with it. But I agree. Um, yeah. And just for Aaron Rodgers to want to embrace to go to New York and understanding what that means versus the Giants and sharing that stadium. And, oh, I think it'd be great for the National Football League and still a hell of a player. Two weeks to go in the junior hockey season. Uh, 67's had another 3-3 three and three weekend uh, and probably, in all probability, ran out of gas. Uh, yesterday in Hamilton, lost 6-3. to three. Uh, They're back at home, by the way, if you're looking for something to do on March break with the kids. They've got a Wednesday afternoon game uh, at TD Place Arena, 2 o'clock versus uh, Oshawa. So a rare uh, midweek afternoon game for the 67s, uh, where there's two weeks and six games to go uh, in the regular season for the 67s, who are uh, closing in on clinching uh, the Eastern Conference title and the overall OHL regular season title as well. And we should mention, across the river, they had a sellout at the Slush Puppy Center yesterday for a really big game between Gatineau and Sherbrooke. Uh, Gatineau won it 5-2, to two, their 18th consecutive victory. Wow. And they had now move a point ahead of Sherbrooke for first place in the Western Conference. They also 
have six games yeah. to play. And the 18 games in a row, JR, do they have the 67th yes, two wins those, in those there? count as the regular Cause, season. Cause I, I understand that, though, but Kenny had an interesting staff from the 67th side. Uh, he explained that they have had X amount of wins against Ontario Hockey League teams. So <laughs> yes. He was altering altering the the standings just a Cor- bit. Correct. If yeah. you, well, not altering altering by by his own. No, uh, no, yes. but but it is. But I, actually, I, I, in the standings, yeah. those two games are reflected. Yeah. I've got to think from a, from a Gatineau side, um, probably a bit of a confidence boost, right? You go in and hey, you play the very best in the Ontario Hockey League, and in the game we saw. Uh, and by the results of the second game, it really wasn't close, JR. So I think you would have to look at that and say, okay, wow, if this is what the best of the OHL has, then we're right there, of course, as one of the best uh, teams in the country. So let's kind of keep pushing along. So hopefully we're going to see both of these teams go on a nice long playoff run. Uh, all right, 652. Let's get to more texts on the uh, Sens game last night. Again, they fall 5-1 in Calgary. They lost the two games on the weekend and have now fallen eight and six points, respectively, behind Pittsburgh and, I- and the Islanders, which right now hold the uh, two wildcard spots. Uh, Dave writes, with Shabbat injured, maybe Ottawa has a chance against Edmonton. There are... <laughs> Um, and again, we're getting a lot of text gibberish, and some of you may be getting return texts. Yeah, that's what I got. Somebody said that you get 10, yeah. 10 return texts yeah. when you text in, which so, is kind of cool. 10 for the price of one. Uh, yeah, uh, so we apologize for that. We're attempting to rectify that yeah. uh, as quickly as possible. But yeah, the, the tech, some of the texts that are coming in that aren't gibberish, uh, Thomas Shabbat is certainly uh, taking some. Now, he was injured last night, but uh, overall, yeah. uh, he appears to be, well, not even appears to be, there's no doubt whatsoever that that... That is the bullseye for bad play on yeah. the Sens right now in terms of the fans yeah. is on Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, again, um, there's certainly things that I think should be better at this point, JR, but I still believe there's a very good hockey player. Uh, and when we get new ownership here, it'll be very interesting as he's making $4 million this year. Uh, we'll jump to eight, and then he's got three years at $10 million. Um, You ask a lot of a, ho- a $10 million hockey player, much like Mr. DeBrinket, who's making nine. So, I think there's things to examine, but I'll say with he, and I'll put Batherson on the list, I kind of always go back to, uh, I believe all three are excellent hockey players, and we all know they can be better all the way around, and um, what's that going to look like going forward for Thomas Shabbat and company? Uh, Unsigned writes, the Shabbat injury might be a blessing in disguise. It seems uh, that's what it'll take to give GJ... um a few power plays without him. Mm-hmm. Also, coming up against the Oilers, Shabbat's long stretch pass that he constantly... Oh, man, this is just a bunch of gibberish. Sorry. I, <laughs> is, I got, it, is it gibberish being mixed, mixed no, it's up not by the gibberish. machine itself? This or? is one that somebody wrote a lot oh. and then didn't bother to read again oh, before reading Send. Yeah. And I, I think... read the first line and said, okay, I'll read this one, and then it makes no sense. I after. think it okay. just yeah. autocorrected misses to misses, but MRS, period. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, there you go. All right. I'm kind of like. You got to work with it, Matty. Okay. Well, well, you got to have Matty do kind of like the code cracker. He's got to go through and decipher the text and and then print it out exactly for you, Jared, as to what it's supposed to say. One thing we did see just uh, on the the power play thing before Shabbat was injured, we did see a bit of a tweak uh, uh, last night. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm cards on the table. The end of the Vancouver game, I was not up for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't know if this tweak started with the Vancouver game. I know they didn't score in that one. But to start last night, uh, Debrinkat was off the power play and Chikrin was in. So it essentially was back to 2D. Yeah. And then it was Stutzla, Kachuk, and Batherson, which, ah, listen, I uh, Bath, you know the best part of Batherson's game this year has been on the power play. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. But at that point, you're just essentially what you've done is you've just you've pulled one winger off one and 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 – Put Giroux on with why not just keep Giroux on with his line mates? 
and just throw them out as a line. They've got good chemistry, and then have Chikrin and Sh- if if yeah. you're deciding that your big change is going to be Chikrin yeah. in for uh for and and pulling Debrinkat, yeah, why not just yeah. put Debrinkat on that power play unit with Batherson and and Pinto yeah. and make that the second unit and just yeah. put Giroux out there? Yeah. I you know, yeah. just, and somebody said, well, Batherson, man, he's good in the power play. It's like, man, you're zero for sixteen. You you know, there's not. Just because one guy's been good on the power play, in my opinion, doesn't yeah. mean he's got to stay there. You got to tweak yeah. every, try yeah. everything. And I know the minus thirty-two isn't affected by the power play, Jared, but I, I don't know if he's forgotten how to play hockey this year. And I say that in all sincerity. A lot of what he does on the power play is just just very strange. A lot of blind passes, and hey, he certainly is a skilled player. Uh, but man, I, I really can't explain as to what has happened in in reference to before he. And I'm not going injury, but leading up to that and being an all star. We saw him break off the wing. We saw him make plays, all kinds of stuff. Everything he does now is kind of this razzle-dazzle, overhandling the puck defensively. I mean, I, he really, quite simply, is never facing the play properly, never in position, never picking anybody up. And it, it just is really a bit of a head-scratcher, to be quite honest with you, because like I said, even with Dabrinkit and, and Shabbat, mm-hmm. I know there's a better hockey player there, but a lot of what he's done this year, it has not been a, a good year in, on any level for Drake Batherson. No, no. And that's really disappointing because, I mean, it was last year, right, where yeah. he was going to the All-Star game. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. and rightfully so. He oh, was playing terrific he was hockey. Ottawa's yeah. best player, was selected for the All-Star game. Unfortunately, Aaron Dell got in the middle of all that and ended up uh, missing his opportunity and missed. Uh, he did come back late in the year last year, right? Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. But yeah. this year has just yeah. been... Just brain foggy type play. Yeah, it's like his. Uh, it's just like he is just not dialed in on no. uh, on the type of play that made him what he was in the first half of last season. Yeah, they need yeah. him to get back to the type of player uh, that he was. And and I agree with you. You know, on on Shabbat and and look again with the puck on his stick for the most part, it's good. With the puck off his stick, it's not good. The decision making and lots of people point this out. The decision making when the puck is on a stick, I'll say this. Uh, especially in his own zone, is very slow. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's too slow. And, it's one speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the fear you always had of him playing like this is this is what you end up with. And then as he gets into the offensive zone, and as I said, I, I am a big Thomas Shabbat fan. People think, ah, oh, why do you critique? Well, you have to in any any work, but in the National Hockey League, when you're talking about it, you have to also look at the salary that a player is being given and. Like I said, when the guy goes to $10 million, he has to be like, look at Eric Carlson. I think he has, what, 63 even strength points this year? First in the NHL. Yeah, and I think Thomas Shabbat has 17 or something crazy. Like, hey, what are you asking for? You know, Eric Carlson making $11.5 million. Well, I'm asking for $11.5 million worth of play, and that's what he's given you. And in Thomas Shabbat's case, lots of good things. I'm a big fan of the player. But you also have to realize that this guy's making eight times eight, and when it rises to $10 million, just like the Brinkett. I, I don't care if he's average. I don't need... A, I'm watching Mitch Marner play on the weekend. I need Mitch Marner when I'm watching Alex DeBrinkett. That's what I need on a nightly basis, and it quite simply has not been there for those two players. Yeah, I think the frustrating part for me is when you watch um, watch these players because you know the skill is there. It's yeah, like yeah. these should be correctable mistakes. Yeah, like and, I, and they I should think be difference is... makers on a nightly basis. Like It, it should be also... like I'll take a, even a little bit with DeBrinkett and Shabbat where... They're generating so much offense, and once in a while, defensively, it's going to be let go. But when you're not driving the play, Jar, in particular with DeBrinket, like it, it just yeah, whatever um, the pace and the cane factor in Chicago and everything else, like down the stretch here, you need this guy going. You're, you're just a one-line hockey team when DeBrinket and Batherson aren't doing it. And, and as I said with Shabbat, like I said, and I think these things are all correctable. 
Uh, I think they all can be better, but like I said, you're talking in the case of Debrinket and Shabbat, you're talking about big tickets here, you know, and that's what you, when you got big tickets going, you need a lot where you, you do let Batherson off the hook a tad just based on the value of his deal. Yeah, the the interesting thing now, you know, we will circle back to this many times. It was a discussion point last week. Uh, is Alex DeBrincat's contract is up at the end of this year? He's a restricted free agent. He's got a nine million dollar qualifying offer. I don't think even the most <clears throat> excuse me ardent supporter of uh, of the trade, of which there are many among the fan base that are saying, you know, this guy is part of the solution going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody that that believes that Alex DeBrincat has played like a nine million dollar hockey player this year. But the question is going to be, he's going to need a new contract. And uh, his agent, uh, with the way the contract is structured, you know, is has a ton of leverage for a bunch of different reasons. First of all, with, you know, the fact he's going to get $9 million next year if he doesn't sign an extension, uh, doesn't sign an extension. He's guaranteed that yeah. $9 million and walks to unrestricted free agency. Uh, and if he doesn't, you know, he, he's within a year of, of dictating where he wants to go. So, in part, the Sens kind of have to lean toward more of what he wants to make, yet his play hasn't dictated this season that he should, you know, be a you know a super highly paid player. Yeah, for he's, sure. He's, you know, he de- he deserves his millions. Don't get me wrong, but what is that? N- I guess my my roundabout way of saying what is the number for Alex Debrincat yeah. right now? What yeah. is that? What is that number that that's going to satisfy him? That's going to satisfy the Sens because it's a hard number to come to based on what we've seen this season. Yeah, very much so. And if it was pre salary cap, you know, you kind of one of the passes if you're a you know, a high-money team like the Rangers were at the time of Detroit area, you'd say, okay, we know we can sign this guy, let's get him done, but no, you're in a different circumstance here. Each time you lay a piece, now it's nice to have the option of having the pieces in place, but once that financial puzzle tends to be solved, as Stutz's contract kicks in and as Sanderson gets to the contract, at that point you pretty much, hey, this is the team you have. This is the team you're going to have to have going forward if you have aspirations to make the playoffs and hopefully win a Stanley Cup. All right, uh, continue to share your thoughts. Uh, Tons coming in this morning, uh, both uh, those that are getting through and unfortunately with the gibber. So we're having some problems with the text machine, so so keep the text coming. Uh, There are a few that are bleeding through, and we're attempting to get that situation rectified. And again, we'll talk to Dave Poulin with his thoughts as well. Sends fall 5-2 in Vancouver Saturday, 5-1 in Calgary last night. They're on to play Edmonton coming up tomorrow night. Just past 7, top of the hour news and sports update is on the way. Hour 2 around the corner here on Sports Radio, TSN 1200.